Comedy Confabulation, the Comedy Works, located deep underground below Latimer Square in the last safe space in the event of a storm. Uh, it's exciting to be back in Danvier again, uh, one, one more time, uh, gasping for breath as I come off the plane, and then gasping for breath as I walk to my room, and then gasping for breath as I eat another tater tot here at the Comedy Works. This is the one comedy club in America where I can recommend the tater tots like I was a French chef or something. Like Jacques Pepin. Right? Un pomme de... L'enfant de pomme est exquisite. Les plus belles. Yeah, they have tater tots here, which I don't... I haven't had a tater tot uh, since I was a tater tot. And uh, I was a fruit pup in those days. Um, my mother never made them. Uh, my mother was from Mississippi, and she would make, like, homemade stuff, like, uh, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy. Or And th- this... You guys will be like, what? Uh, okra? Um, yeah. I never developed a taste for it. Uh, lima beans, uh, black-eyed peas, um, uh, collards, and uh, hominy. Not hominy grits, but hominy, which is just enormous bloated kernels of corn slathered in butter and salt and pepper. And it's fantastic. I don't believe they have any nutritional value. They have the nutritional value of a box of macaroni. Um, but they're delicious. And that's the thing about my vegetarian friends. I love you. I need you. I want you. But if you were going to go to the South and you were going to eat some collard greens, they're going to have ham hock in them. And you're going to, a tear is going to roll down your face when you eat that ham hock. And you're not going to go, oh, fuck, I'm not supposed to eat meat because it had a face and I feel shitty. You're going to go like, fucking his mom could fucking cook and shit. Um, I love kale as much as the next uh, Prius driver. But the thing is... I've never cried when I've eaten kale. Because uh, they never put ham hock in kale, and that's the secret ingredient in everything. Pork fat is uh, what makes the world go round. And as I know there's a lot of you out there, like, pigs are people too. I get it. There's a lot of pigs in this country that are people and shit. Uh, anyways, it's so awesome to be here. Uh, we have the Boulder Women's Health Clinic upstairs, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, yeah. In an obverse way, this has turned out to be the year of women's empowerment, and I couldn't be more thrilled about it. Now we're finally seeing predators run to ground, except for the most famous predator of all, uh, who sits cozily uh, or or is is dozing cozily tonight through a meeting with some Asian dignitaries um, and uh, embarrassing us all over the world uh, uh, by giving speeches that have the content of a five-year-old with a tinker toy set. Um, He really is like listening to your asshole neighbor over the fence. I mean, that's the kind of solutions... He's got, well, we should do this and back, back, back. Shut up. Shut up. You don't even have beer. He doesn't even drink. If he was a drunk, I'd be like, okay, I get it a little. How can you be sober and be that big of a fucking douche catamaran? I mean, he could circumnavigate the globe with the fucking catamaran of douche that he's sailing around in. And on the other hand, uh, despite the attack against women, the attack against refugees, LGBTQ people, people of color, and uh, the anti-Semitism that's crackling through this fucking country, uh, Boulder Women's Health is a staunch um, uh, clinic that's in Boulder, and you can go there. It's quite close to here, obviously. They perform abortions, and they also offer a dazzling variety of women's health services. You may want to visit them at the table up there. They're absolutely adorable, and uh, they're lovely people. They're in here tonight. Where are you? There they are. And, uh, uh, yeah. It's Lydia. And I forget your friend's name, Lydia. Name's Tyler. Tyler. Tyler, of course you are. You're young, of course your name's Tyler. At least it's not Hunter. You've got that going for you. 
Lydia and Tyler have all kinds of exciting things up there, like uh, these condos here, which are really nice. This is a lifestyles, natural, latex-free. Uh, and to make it even sexier, when you're getting to that moment and you uh, turn to the side, gentlemen, and you, you're ripping it open like it's a, a, an ammo pack from the 1800s, um, you can read it to her in French because it makes it much more hot on the moment. Sans latex naturel. And then, un condom lubifait. And she'll be like, I need a little more lubrifay, Hondo. You call that fucking foreplay two minutes? Really, dude? I'm going to make you wear a fucking diving mask next time. Uh, there's condoms up there. There's buttons. Uh, and there's a little um, bumper sticker, sticker thingy that says safe is sexy. And then there's a, a magnet here that says safe is sexy. And it says birth control. Just talk about it. Hi, you want to go out for coffee? And by the way, are you wearing a vaginal dam? Maybe that's a little toward. I'd hold the birth control conversation for later in the relationship, say, halfway through the second date. I made myself laugh. That never really happens, does it? <laughs> right about the end of the first date, you're like, fuck it. And the crowd goes all quiet. Really, Greg? Mind you, I haven't been on a date date since 1984. I mean, with a stranger. Uh, I, I've been with my wife the whole time. Uh, we, we have dates and shit, but I don't go like, un condom Because she would be like, Cayete. Pepito. Prupadito. So if you want to drop a couple bucks on them, this is a good time. You can also go on their website, which is called... Um, boulderswomenhealth.org and you might make a small donation um, it's as worthy as anything else you're going to do one thing you know is that you're going to help women in this area um, get uh, safe and um, caring health care for themselves um, women as you know are, are often characterized in this country as murderers because they want autonomy over their own bodies but men who buy bump stocks and wipe out zillions of people are simply expressing freedom uh, and that doesn't work for me at all uh, when I I've said it on the show and I'm going to say it again right now. When it's as easy to get an abortion as it is to obtain a gun, then we have equity in the United States. Until that moment, I don't want to hear a goddamn word about it. Uh, there's no reason women shouldn't do what they want, except for men. That's who's stopping them from doing it. Uh, Tattered Cover Bookstore is upstairs as well, selling uh, a book that I found uh, called... Um, <laughs> the smartest book in the world. I found that I'd written it after two years and a lot of drink. Uh, I would bring the, uh, my computer along with me and like try to crack down on a chapter and shit. And then I'd stay out at the club and get hammered. And then the next morning, I'd look at the uh, computer and just glower at the book. Like that. And the book would glower back at me and be like, you're not going to fucking finish me. And I'm like, I fucking am going to finish you. Uh, Anyway, I did. And now it's in paperback because uh, it's, now it's been a couple of years. Are you writing another book? <laughs> what are you doing with your fucking life? How about that? That was defensive, Greg. Pumpkin butter, can I have another vodka when you get a moment? This one's watery. It's, and it's all my doing. I've let it sit. Uh, you know that moment when you take a sip of it and you're like, mmm, water sip. Uh, <laughs> Kind of like when you take a hit off a beer and someone's already thrown a cigarette in it and you're like, wow. That was a party, bu that was a party bummer. Uh, 
I'm not going to uh, read the whole book to you. And by the way, the book's not meant to be read from cover to cover. It is a compendium. Uh, I believe that it is a lexicon of literacy, a rancorous reportage, a concise curriculum of cool. Who says it's cool? I fucking do. Because um, I'm married to someone really cool, and uh, she did all the uh, artwork in the book. Uh, Every illustration in here is by Jennifer. Uh, The little flowers, the the little rat there, the rose. Um, The picture of Florence Kennedy, Sly Stone, Al Pacino, uh, uh, a little crown and whatnot. And... um, it, it's, uh, it, it's got books in that uh, you should read, uh, um, records that you should listen to, movies that you should see. Um, I know you're sitting around sometimes and you're like, I don't know what to watch tonight. If you get my book, then you would watch Dog Day Afternoon um, <laughs> or The Verdict or something like that. I would hip you to something groovy. And uh, that's what the whole purpose of the book is. And there's history in it and poetry uh, because poetry is very important in our lives. Um, we have someone running the country and a group of, uh, uh, of uh, you know, uh, lunatic billionaires uh, all sitting in the cabinet, none of whom have the slightest interest in art. Steve Mnuchin, the Secretary of the Treasury, is a movie producer. And this is the movies he produced, um, Suicide Squad. So he's not, he's not helping, Okay. <laughs> He's the one who has the wife and they fly around in the private jet and then get mad at people because people got mad at them for flying around in a private fucking jet, spending our fucking tax dollars when they're billionaires and shit like that. What is your point? My point is this. Um, there hasn't been one artist of note at the White House. There hasn't been one ceremony where artists are inducted into kind of a famous thing where Orange 45 will go. He won't go anywhere unless he's assured that he'll be cosseted and people will applaud for him because the people that are his fans want to just cheer and scream and say horrible things and do the fun things that they like to do, wear awful hats. And, and, uh, uh, and, and hate on women and all the things that they, gives them joy in their life, their fearful, fucking timorous, ass, racist, fucking homophobic life that they live. And are you saying that everyone who supports Trump is a racist? No, they're also misogynists. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. That can get lost while you watch TV. If you watch TV news... Uh, you'll hear all sorts of nonsense that makes no sense whatsoever, that has nothing to do with anything that's actually going on in the world, and that's one of the main things you'll hear. Well, all Trump supporters, they're the working class, they're worried about economic... No, they weren't. They saw a demagogue get up and say that he hated Mexicans and black people, and that he hated women and wanted them punished. He wanted to lock up the woman he was running against and put her in jail and punish her physically. Remember when he stood behind her and went (laughs) at the debate and shit like that? Then how many women came forward? 14 and said that he had accosted or molested or groped them. And his response to that was to say they're all horrible, horrible liars. That's what excited people about him. He doesn't have policy. He doesn't have ideas. He's never read a position paper. He doesn't know where Tajikistan is, okay? He couldn't name three of the five stands. He'd say Right? So the idea that they had some sort of economic axe they were grinding is ridiculous. Um, He's giving them what they want, which is a boatload of fucking hatred and chaos. Um, No one that voted for him won. Yeah, he's going to fucking drain the swamps. What swamp? There's nothing but giant billionaire frogs leaping about in a magic manner all through the fucking cabinet. When the only artists you've had to the White House are Kid Rock and Ted Nugent. First of all, Kid Rock was a hip-hop star once upon a time. He's somewhere below the second base vanilla ice level of white guy hip-hop. Eminem shat him out. And Ted, and then he became a country star, which is the last refuge of the scoundrel. When you can no longer satisfy a real audience, you go for fucking white people. (laughs) 
Am I wrong or am I right? I'm fucking right. And don't give me the country's a big, broad palette. Uh, Hootie and the guy from Big and Rich and Charlie Pride does not make an entire Uber. Thank you. I appreciate it, my darling. Uh, and in any case, uh, uh, other presidents, you may recall, have artists to the White House. Other presidents appreciate art. Other presidents had a poet speak at their inauguration and had poetry, uh, 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 you know, written for them. Um, none of this is happening now. We've, he is devoid of any interest in art, poetry, anything like that. That doesn't necessarily make him different than uh, a lot of other people. However, I think when you're the leader of the free world, it would behoove you occasionally to crack a fucking book that's not one that you pretended to write. <laughs> Even Hitler wrote his own book. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is this. The incuriosity of him and his brood of horrible crime family members, the, the Slambinos or whatever they are, the Trump Queenos, um, their complete lack of interest in science, art, uh, uh, their interest in religion is to yell fucking Jesus and God. Their interest in uh, 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 civics is to go flag. <laughs> their interest in civics is to hack on black people who are angry that police are shooting them and exercising their fucking First Amendment right to kneel if they wish before a football game. And the players, I assure you, consider them chattel and own them. The owners of the NFL consider the players uh, uh, um, their own... You know, uh, chattel means uh, that you own someone. Uh, otherwise, Colin Kaepernick would have a job in the NFL right now. He's being blacklisted from the NFL right now. Uh, because he's an excellent quarterback. And I, someone wrote the other day, well, it would be too controversial for a team to pick him up. For whom? For whom? Would you really fucking freak out? You'd go, no, he was good. He deserved to play. Um, I think that what they mean is the white people who support them and Papa fucking John or whoever the fuck he is <laughs> and his new, uh, try our new neo-Nazi half slice. It's one side is white cheese and the other side is just Aryan tears. <laughs> First of all, Papa John, you're not fooling me. You pluck your fucking eyebrows and you dye your hair. And you've had a hideous face job. And Peyton Manning should be ashamed of himself for hanging around in that pretend kitchen with you. Take your racism and stuff it up your tight white coolie. Uh, yeah, we got out early tonight. I'm not having it. I mean, Bernie Sanders and Chris Matthews in the last week have said, you know, ordinary people, meaning white people, in their conversations on TV, ordinary working class people to them are white. That's uh, people who are over 70 talking. Their mindset is so fucking frozen in time. Talk about Amber. Richard Attenborough should fucking narrate their memory. <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, the, the arrogance to say that only white people are working class is unfucking believable And that's why I'm not down. I know there's Bernie Bros here and Brenda's too. I can smell you. I can feel your hurt already. He's not a fucking Democrat and he's not on my team, okay? He said that Hillary wasn't qualified to be president and he said black people hung out on the corner and sang doo-wop and shit or whatever. He's fucking out of it. Then fuck you. There, I said it. Get out of my fucking party and quit commenting on it. We had a giant, we're going to get into it in a minute, we had a giant victory last night all over the United States.
And Bernie was on CNN tonight and said, people aren't happy with the Democratic Party. So, you know what I mean? I just stop it. And Chris Matthews, you know what? You were so far up W's Batutus that I couldn't even believe it. And even though I think he's got something to say occasionally, he usually talks over everybody on the goddamn panel. And he said that, you know, ordinary people. And by ordinary, he meant white people. And I just won't fucking have it. Fuck you. If you really think that white is the fucking starting line for normal and that everything after that is some bizarre oblique thing you couldn't possibly understand because the cooking smells different or their eyes are a different shape or their color is different than yours... You're out of your goddamn infantile mind. You really need to reach out and understand how lucky white people are that we've given ourselves whiteness. We gave it to ourselves. No one went, hey, white people are one way. There was no concept of whiteness till we invented it. So therefore, uh, and the, that uh, combined with the misogyny, which I do not fucking dig, um, I'm going to read you this from my book here. Uh, Number eight. This is at the beginning of the book. We will spell woman with a capital W. There's a movement by all the men in the world to make sure women don't get a fair shake. Men yell at women from cars. Men deny women equal pay. Men tell women to smile. Men off their wives and girlfriends. Men enact laws to keep women from health care they need. This is not an opinion. This is fact. The reason is a woman dreamed the universe into existence. Women give birth, men take life. Therefore, men are jealous of this power. War is menstruation envy. A woman... It's not my thought, but it's a good thought. You don't see women compensating by walking around a Walmart with a uterus slung across their back. A woman dreamed the universe into being. That's why it's called the Big Bang. Only a woman can make a a bang that big. If a man had done it, it would be called the disappointingly early theory. Men can only give birth to sacred bullets through their Viagra-assisted man shaft. Women deal with the pain of childbirth. Men act like they have diphtheria if they get a cold. We all know Columbus and George Washington, but who in the United States... uh, Oops, sorry. is taught about Sojourner Truth or Susan B. Anthony. Women in the United States could not vote until 1920, and then only because they demanded it for years. Any advances women have made, they've done by organizing and being better at everything than men just to be recognized and heard. They have to. A few things to ponder as you seek to improve and enlighten yourself out of the depths of your ignorance. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) White people take everything seriously. I laughed when I wrote it. (laughs) Germany, New Zealand, Argentina, India, Chile, Brazil, Pakistan, the UK, Ireland, Canada, and Australia, to name but a few, have had women leaders. The USA has not. By the way, this was written before the 2016 election. Women, as of right now, dominate publishing. J.K. Rowling is the most read author on earth. Understand telling a woman to smile is an imposition and a demand you have no right to make. Don't use the term old lady as a pejorative. Old women raise the world and know everything. They are anything but weak. When you go into a bar or restaurant, notice if the women servers are made to wear hot outfits. Consider which places make men do that. You don't really walk into the twisted kilt and see a dude wearing a butt plug and pasties. (laughs) And by the way, the servers here don't wear hot outfits. This club is owned by a woman, uh, Wendy. Victoria's Secret is a TV special. Calvin Klein's men's undies do not. 
Women are the majority of workers in the world. They do not get equal pay, and they have to put up with men's shit, attitude, groping, and harassment. Women are regularly assaulted, raped, beaten, abused, murdered, sold, and disappeared everywhere. That means in America as well. This is not the top story in the news. Full stop, ever, full stop. Therefore, women get a big W, and you will have to wait to be heard for once, dude. Uh, so if you want... The Tattered Cover Bookstore is here. They've got the book. I'll be upstairs afterward. Give me five minutes to get it together after the show. And then uh, we can uh, convene up there. And I will sign the book for you. I'll take a picture with you. And I'll touch you in an appropriate way. (laughs) Bess and David. Jess and David gave me this baggie. And inside this baggie, there's four cookies, which appear to be peanut butter. It says, there's no THC in these. I'm just learning how to bake. Well, then let's have one, shall we? Mm-hmm. Because of my superpowers, everyone in this room is going to get a bite of those four cookies. Does anyone have any fishes? It's my understanding the multitudes must be fed. Um... I've received so many lovely gifts and so much dank. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're allowed to give dank in the state of Colorado because it's legal here, baby. And, uh, California's supposed to go legal next year, but we'll see when that happens. Uh, there's going to be a lot of frippity do and falderall, in my opinion. I was in my dispensary just yesterday, and I asked, uh, uh, when are we going um, uh, recreational? And they said, mm. <laughs> Um, nobody's ready for it yet. In Washington State, it took almost a whole year, didn't it, to get that shit together? How long did it take you guys? It took a while from the date it was supposed to happen, right? Uh, two months. That's the spirit. <laughs> the dude in the back went, two months. We had our shit wired down. <laughs> At these altitudes, really, how much pot do you need? The answer is all of it. And... Uh, I like Colorado because there's discount coupons for the dope. Like, in the dressing room, there's discount coupons for dope. When you stay at the hotels in the area here, they give you a dope map and shit. And then they're like, don't smoke it in the room. And you're like... That's what showers are for. To spark one and light one. Turn the hot water on forevermore. That's what showers are for. You can smoke dope in your bathroom, you guys. I like that you're not supposed to smoke it in public in Denver. Well, then where the fuck are you supposed to smoke it? There's a giant side of a building over here that had a big, used to have a big sign on it that said, don't smoke dope in public, and I always love smoking dope in front of it. <laughs> What's going to happen? Is someone going to come by with a double stroller? <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> and the babies are like, too high, me too high. And then they're like, play that Fisher Price jam again. <laughs> the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round, the wheels on the bus. Children are naturally high. <laughs> Take to the sky on a natural, on a natural. Loving you more till the day I die. 
Bloodstone. Boom, 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 boom. Why do I think of you? And I don't even know you. Don't even know you. Take me in your arms. Fill me with all of your charms. And then, ah. Yeah. Any song where there's one of those. Uh, My darling Greg, please enjoy in good company good old-fashioned basement weed. Grown with love. Keep the, spreading the message. Keep spreading the love. Best Peter Hill and family. And they gave me a button that says, awesomely, welcome refugees. Whoa. Stop it. Yes, that's right. Hollywood swinging is my ringtone. <laughs> what else would it be? I remember not too long ago. Hi, hi. I went to a theater. And I saw the cool in the gang show. Um, good old-fashioned basement weed. Uh, that is such an awesome, awesome term. Um, I'm assuming there's grow lights involved and an electric bill that the company here is like, what the fuck? $7,500 for two weeks? Give me that old-time basement weed. Give me that old-time basement weed. It was good enough for grandma. It was good enough for grandma. Was good enough for grandma. It's good enough for me. Yeah, that's white people stuff. Uh, John, who does the sound here and has worked with me for years uh, on this very podcast, uh, uh, was listening to my show. And then I didn't know this about John. I didn't know that he listened to the show. I thought he just tolerated me while I was here. And then when he saw the end of me, he was like, thank fuck. <laughs> you really never know and I moved my heart beyond all measure I was a wee below uh, I was not a Cub Scout nor was I a Boy Scout nor was I an Eagle Scout I wished I'd been a Sea Scout I don't even know what they do I just know that there was a lot of boats and canoes and shit and you learned how to tie knots there are no Sea Scouts here as far as I know in Colorado are there? Uh, are there Mountain Scouts? Yeah. or like Prairie Dog Scouts or like mountain, Rocky Mountain Sheep Scouts or like John Denver Troop 15 or whatever. Anyway, John gave me a Weeblo scarf with a Weeblo hasp and a Weeblo pin. Uh, and Weeblos are the, uh, are the tweens of, uh, uh, you're, you're too old to be a cub, but you're not yet a boy. And I think we all remember that song. Too old to be a cub, not yet a boy. There's only light furring below the equator. I'm uncertain what to do with my heart on. That's why we were called Weebelows. And there was this book they gave you, which I read, but it was so fucking boring. And there was this, this like, uh, oath you had to take, and it was, you were supposed to help people, and I don't know what the fuck. It seemed like a good idea. But what I liked was the uniform, because it was a pretty sassy blue with yellow piping. Uh, the, the troop I was in, Wolfpack in San Carlos. And um, we wore yellow uh, scarves with hasps on them. And there was this kind of shorty beanie cap that, like, you were in a 1940s cartoon or something. That I don't know anybody who wears them anymore, but we had the little shorty beanie caps with the little shorty thing on them. And that was my favorite part. I like putting the uniform on. I like going to the meetings because there was cookies and shit. And then we were supposed to make stuff out of wood. And I was like, I can't do this. Isn't there a joke merit badge? 
Isn't there a merit badge of a drawing of a war that I made all the noises to? That's what I did at that age. Um, there were, you were supposed to carve a pinewood derby thing out of wood and then put wheels on it, and then you were supposed to paint it and lacquer it and race them. And I bought the wood, and I bought the thing and the wheels and whatnot, and I carved it for a while, and I was like, fuck. Isn't there a Jewish Weeblow troop where you don't have to do anything with your hands? You're, we could be called the devil's advocates. We just take the other side in an argument. Well, he's got a point, you know what I mean? We would be the debating troop. We're all going to grow up to be lawyers and comedians. What do you mean use a knife to carve wood with? I'm going to cut myself. Why should I make a fire with sticks? We have lighters. Mr. Clark, get your lighter. This is when Cub Scout leaders smoked. My, my little league coach, uh, Mr. Caruso, uh, chain smoked. And uh, I might have told this before on the show, but fuck it if I did. I got to play second base one day. I was a terrible baseball player, but I love baseball. And I got to play second base one day, and a ball went right between my legs into the outfield for a base hit. And I came back. Mind you, I was eight or nine years old, and I'm in the dugout. And Mr. Caruso had his leg up like fucking uh, Newt Rockney, like this, with a cigarette. And as I sat down and took my seat at the end of the inning, he went, you let the, go, you let the ball go between your legs. That's a cardinal sin. <laughs> Sorry, Skip, I quipped. <laughs> Why would you do that to a kid? Uh, I got a lot of lovely books. These two here, I don't know who gave them to me because I found them sitting on the stage. One is The Will to Change by Bell Hooks who's a superb writer, and the other is Anais Nin, Cities of the Interior. Who gave me these? We did. Who are we? Oh, it's you guys. Yeah. Oh, but you didn't tell me. What's your names? Uh, Steve and Christine. Steve and Christy? Well, thank you, Christine. Thank you so much, Steve and Christine. Uh, Bell Hooks uh, is an author you should know. Uh, oh, my God, look at the list of books. Ain't I a Woman, Black Woman and Feminism, Feminist Theory from Margin to Center, Talking Back, Thinking Feminist, Thinking Black, Yearning Race, Gender, and Cultural Politics, um, this book's called Men, Masculinity, and Love. Someone say... Stop! Uh, ooh. All right. Chapter 5. Male Sexual Being. Will you please put on Marvin Gaye, John? Anything, on, anything I got by Marvin Gaye, just spin something there. I don't think I have Let's Get It On, strangely. I love Trouble Man, but that's not very... John, remember the Weeblo thing? Remember how much it meant to me? That you were thinking about me as an 11-year-old boy? John. Marvin Gaye. All right, John, anything. Most men and women are not having satisfying and fulfilling sex. We've all heard the notion that men come to relationships looking for sex and not love, and that women come to relationships looking for love <laughs> and not sex. In actuality...
Most men think that sex will provide them with a sense of being alive, connected, that sex will offer closeness, intimacy, pleasure, and more often than not, sexy. Sex simply does not deliver the goods. <laughs> this fact does not lead men to cease obsessing about sex. It intensifies their lust and their longing. If women have been taught through sexist socialization that a journey through the difficult terrain of sex will lead us to a heart's desire, men have been taught that their heart's desire should be for sex and more sex. This book's a lot steamier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Thank you for this. And then Aeneas Nen is always sexy. Someone say something. Elbows touching. Toes overlapping. Breaths mingling. They sat in circles in the cafe while the passersby flowed down the boulevard. The flower vendors plied their bouquets. The newsboys sang their street songs. And the evening achieved the marriage of day and night, called twilight. <laughs> lovely, lovely books. Uh, Kate, with a K, gave me a bottle of Caribbean hot sauce, salsa, uh, chili habanero, El Yucatico. And evidently it's extraordinarily hot. Uh, so I'll be uh, using that uh, on my chicken tenders a little later. Uh, oh, someone give me this lovely button here. Uh, uh, oh, I forgot your name. The rebel button? Kate. Everyone's named Kate tonight. It's really a Kate night. All Kates get in free. They don't, actually. Um, it's a picture of Princess Leah, and it says rebel. Or, if you wish, rebel. It works both ways. Uh, let's see here. Uh, these, this young couple here, there's so many cute couples here tonight. To Greg, please enjoy this goofy little book, Keep Up the Good Work, from your elementary teaching friends in Colorado, Seth and Negan. P.S. We will continue to support the resistance from the... And by the way, the word from is written over property of Sanchez <laughs> Elementary School, and that's been crossed out. So clearly, Seth and Megan stole this book from their school because he told me they were elementary school teachers. There was also a joint tape to this book, by the way. John, do you have any Duke Ellington in there? A little, give me a little Duke Ellington. Maybe take the A train if you got. Uh, starting with public education, fuck Betsy DeVos, exclamation, exclamation points with smiley faces under them. Which is exactly how Betsy DeVos writes. <laughs> she knows no more about education uh, than um, Jerry Falwell Jr. knows about fornication. Uh, yeah, Betsy DeVos, I keep reading that she's going to resign, but, uh, and Jennifer said, well, that's good news if it does happen. But I'm like, but imagine who they'll get to replace her. You may remember her hearing where she didn't know anything about the state of education. Her 
brother is Eric Price, who's the founder and owner and proprietor of Blackwater, which is a giant mercenary group that our government subcontracts. You may remember Blackwater because they had a shootout in Iraq several years ago and killed a whole bunch of innocent people. And really kind of nothing really happened. They were tried and then that got reversed. And mm. She's a billionaire donor. She donated so much money he put her in the cabinet. Um, her, her, her brush with education is light. Let me put it that way. Um, <laughs> She can't write a, 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 a paper with any coherency whatsoever. However, this book is sensational. They call it a silly little book, but I think it's fantastic. Duke Ellington. Remember Duke Ellington, John? <laughs> if you look under Duke Ellington on the iPod, if you go to search, there's a little search thing. I'm going to read it, my worst impression, as Keith David because Keith David narrated the jazz documentary that Ken Burns did. And Keith David has a sense... You may remember him from every movie ever. Uh, he's in Platoon. Uh, he's in... Uh, what's that one where Vin Diesel and the, it's at night and the animals attack them and... Uh, pitch Black. Keith David wears a mufti in Pitch Black. You ever hear the jazz playing man? The man with the cats who could swing with his band. He was born in 1899 in Washington, D.C., Born Edward Kennedy Ellington, but wherever young Edward went, he said, hey, call me Duke. <laughs> uh, Duke Ellington is one of the most elegant uh, of all jazz performers and a giant uh, of American music. He was also someone who enjoyed, um, how shall I put it, the nocturnal lifestyle. <laughs> this is Money Jungle. We'll take it. Uh, along with Sonny Joe, Tricky Sam, Manton went to work on the trombone. But this is the part I like. When Tricky Sam was through, he'd nod to Otto Toby Hardwick. Your turn, he'd say, take the floor, daddy-o. Uh, yeah, it's a really cute book about Duke Ellington. Um, and it behooves you to listen to a little Duke Ellington if you get a chance. Um, and like that. Thank you so much for that book, and thank you for stealing. Thank you for stealing from a public school. I don't think there's anything sweeter. I know that I have loads of books that people have given me over the years on this podcast, and many of them are stolen from libraries <laughs> and public schools, or bought at sales, I presume. I still, I can't remember if I stole any books from public school. I don't think I did. I mentioned a book that I bought through the Scholastic Book Services where they used to give you this piece of paper and you would, you would check off the books and you'd pick the books you wanted and then they came in, the, in a box and then it was very exciting. They gave you the books that you ordered and shit like that. And I remember one called Viking Adventure and I mentioned it on the show and swear to God, someone showed up at a fucking podcast with Viking Adventure, <laughs> which I read again. And uh, it was better when I was a Weeblo. It was a little better. The writing didn't really quite hold up. It wasn't... There was no sacking of villages in it, you know, and I'd remembered that. But there you are. Um, and like that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we'll do this first, and then we'll do that. Um, Adam Schiff is a, a congressman, and he's in the uh, 28th District, which is in California. That's Burbank. That's the valley to you. The people who live in LA know what I'm talking about. People here could really not care. Adam Schiff, uh, is, uh, you might see him on MSNBC and jazz like that, and he's a very uh, articulate voice against Orange 45, and he wrote a little thread today on Twitter. I wanted to read you a couple of them because it's the anniversary. One year ago, um, he was elected president. Since then, he's repeatedly shown why he's the worst president in modern history. Here's how. 
Um, almost immediately after the election, the president claimed to have falsely claimed to have won the popular vote and said millions of illegal immigrants voted. In the first week, he signed the Muslim ban. Then he demonized a fair and free press, laying groundwork to discredit any negative stories. He even threatened network licenses. He unilaterally rescinded the DACA without any replacement. Hundreds of thousands of dreamers stand to lose everything. He doesn't care. After the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, he found fault on many sides. There were not many sides, just right and wrong. Thank you for saying that. That's someone in Congress saying this. Um, uh, the whole idea that there's many fine people on both sides. If you're a Nazi, you're not a fine person. You're a fucking Nazi. Um, and uh, let, let's get to the heart of the matter here. Uh, they were talking about John Kelly, who's the chief of staff, General John Kelly, being a tempering influence on Orange 45, and that somehow he was going to guide him through the vicissitudes and through the shoals, and we were going to make it to the other end of diplomacy. And he's revealed himself to be, uh, which we knew already when he was uh, briefly uh, in charge of immigration, what a racist he was, um, that he's not just a racist, he's a scream racist and an apologist for civil war generals. Um, here's something that you need to know as a person in your life. When you start apologizing for people who fought an enormously bloody, uh, Robert E. Lee is probably responsible for more deaths than any other American of Americans in American history. Upwards of 600,000 people died in the civil war um, because the South did not want to relinquish slavery. The United States government offered Robert E. Lee the job of being general of the Union Army, which he issued, returned to his place in Virginia and carried on being the head of the Confederate Army. This was a conscious decision an intelligent man made because he was a slave owner who frequently uh, beat his slaves as hard as humanly possible, using an overseer, and rubbed salt in their wounds. Know this about him. This is what Robert E. Lee did. I know he has a, an awesome beard and he's really handsome and stentorian and they let him be the dean of a college after the war because Lincoln was quite lenient and everything went to shit, of course, after the Reconstruction. But Robert E. Lee is not like what you would call like a hero any more than Goebbels is a fucking hero or von Ribbentrop or Pol Pot or something like that. When you're responsible for that many deaths simply because you want to own other human beings and you don't want that lifestyle to end for yourself and you feel like it's some big romantic cause that doesn't sway me. Uh, aren't we all brothers and sisters and we fought each other and it should have never happened? Yeah, but when John Kelly comes on and says it was because compromises weren't... There was nothing but compromises leading up to the Civil War. There was the Missouri Compromise. There was the Nebraska Kansas Act. There was the fact that human beings who were black were considered three-fifths of a human being. How much of a compromise is that for you? That's why the Electoral College is so fucked up. Because slave states insisted that their black people that they owned be considered three-fifths of a human being and therefore would count towards that. When they were writing the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson was going to put in that everyone was equal. Everyone, including black people. And the southern states objected and that went by the fucking wayside. So no that about history and know that when John Kelly argues with Frederica Wilson, the congressperson from Florida and argues with Myesha uh, Johnson, uh, the widow of La David Johnson, that hero who died in Niger and blames them and victimizes them and says they're lying and things like that. How inconceivably disrespectful and racist that is. That's not fudging a point and that's not arguing your case. It's being racist. If you call someone whose husband died in active service and then uh, get into a big huff over it because they countermanded you. And you may remember Sarah Huckabee Poundcake came on TV and <laughs> Huckaboom came on TV and went, you gotta argue with a four-star general. And then the next week, uh, 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 Bo Bergdahl was in, put in prison and, and Trump tweeted uh, oh my god it's a disgrace to the armed forces and it's all um, by the way it was a military court-martial conducted by a four-star general so the whole yeah 
Um, I don't dig white supremacy from four-star generals who are the chief of staff of the White House. But what I dig even less is being told that they're the adult in the room. If you're an adult in a room, then you know that defending Robert E. Lee is a bit of a futile fucking exercise this far down the goddamn line. Why don't you defend Benedict fucking Arnold, too? And General Howe and King George. Didn't we fight the Civil War so there wouldn't be slavery? Don't ever, 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 ever believe the nonsense that it was about states' rights or that it was uh, the War of Northern Aggression or anything like that. The war simply did not need to happen. The Confederates made it happen by seceding from the United States. Why we're relitigating the Civil War speaks to the insane racism of this administration. We haven't need to relitigate it in a while, you might have noticed. But now we are. Because there's an actual, at the White House, April Ryan asked Sarah, Huckaboom pound cake a week ago. Does this administration consider slavery was bad? She's a black reporter, she said. And Huckaboom pound cake went, she went, it's disgusting you'd ask that question. No, it's not. It's fucking fair. The president was horrible about a black widow. And so was the, uh, the chief of staff. Horrible about her. In her terrible time of trauma, they piled on her and said she was lying. And that's low. That's fucking low. We, I know there's no bottom to this with these people because that's how it goes. But that's really, 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 really subterranean fucking seventh circle of hell, mantle of the earth low. And in any case, you can go online and read this. It's under Adam Schiff. Uh, he's quite intelligent. He categorizes and uh, talks about a lot of different things. Uh, let's get to the awesome, awesome news. Uh, one... Uh, women are speaking out uh, in Hollywood and in every line of work, and in England as well, and in countries all over the world. And predators are being um, uh, uh, outed now. And people are, are uh, uh, molesting women, who are groping women, who hassle women, who are just horrible to women. Every woman in this room knows a guy has been hassled by a guy. Every woman in this room has been yelled at from a car. Every woman in this room has been dressed in um, their least sexiest clothes trying to get somewhere, and that's the moment when it all goes to shit because a guy acts like a complete fucking douchewad. And every guy in this room knows what I'm talking about, too. It's just that men get real fucking, uh, you know, you know, I don't yell at women that much anymore. Yeah, I know. Um, you may be a cool guy, and if you are, right on. Um, the point of being a cool guy is to hip your other friends to being cool guys. Um, if you know guys who act that way, and you know guys who are fucked to women, and you know guys who hassle women, um, curb that shit. That's where the fucking balls come in, dudes. The, you, you can't just walk around and let it all happen. You can't Quentin Tarantino the fucking thing. You know what I mean? You can't work with someone who does it and then go, well, I wanted the money. <laughs> you know, I understand. If you feel like your job is insecure, imagine how women feel. Um, gee, why don't they come forward? Because Harvey Weinstein had ex-Mossad agents chasing women down and threatening them. That's why women don't come forward, because they know they're going to be punished if they say anything about a powerful fucking man. And finally, none of them have gone to jail yet. Cosby's not in jail. Weinstein's not in jail. Kevin Spacey's not in jail. Brett Ratner's not in jail. Mark Halperin's not in jail. I hate Mark Halperin. I know that I've, I harp on him too much on the show. It's just because he wrote that fucking book, Game Changer, about Hillary's first fucking campaign, and then he hated her on TV for years and years and years. And worse than anything, Mark Halperin was always like this. <laughs> 
well, she's not a very good candidate. And guess what? He was making all his young college hot interns sit on his lap so they could rub his erection against them. And that went on for years. And he worked for ABC, and he worked for NBC, and he wrote books, and he had a show on HBO, and he doesn't have that now. And that makes me happy. Don't fucking come at me telling me why the candidate I love the most who's a woman isn't a good candidate and then rub your fucking erection on young girls who have no recourse and can't out you because you're in fucking charge. That is a fucking abrogation of all fucking responsibility and a total, total corruption of power. And I'm not going to go through the list of everybody ever because it's too fucking horrible. But let's just say uh, uh, things are shaping up a little bit and I couldn't dig that more. And along those lines, uh, we had an election last night. Um, By the time you listen to this, it will have been six days from now. And of course, television will have said, well, really the Democrats are in disarray. Um, Yeah, if you watch cable news, the the narrative will be Democrats are in disarray. They don't have a candidate. Um, The most popular candidate in America is is Joe Biden, who's going to be approximately 80 years old during the next election. Um, I'll vote for Joe Biden the day that I pull both of my eyes out and feed them to a fucking ocelot in front of you. (laughs) Didn't you like him as vice president? Mm -mm. I tolerated him. You guys aren't old enough to remember the Anita Hill hearings. He chaired the Anita Hill hearings. And he did not put Dr. Hill on the fucking stand. And he acted like the biggest sexist douchewad in the fucking universe. Is he a bad guy? Probably not. You know, he's not as bad a guy as some, better than others. The fact that he thinks he would have beat Hillary, the fact that we've had this crappy narrative from Donna Brazil that she was going to stick him in to be the candidate, no fucking way on earth was that going to happen. Joe Biden fell out of the election because he got less than 1% of the vote in the primaries. That's why Obama picked him. He was no competition whatsoever. He was just an intelligent guy who he knew he could chuck in there or whatever. I mean, when you get less than 1% of the vote, really? 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 You got some fucking ego saying you could win a fucking election. You couldn't be elected dog catcher of fucking Connecticut or whatever fucking state he's... I know, he's from Delaware. That'll also give you the idea. Delaware. There's eight fucking people in Delaware. They throw a rock into a ring of fire. That's how they vote there. Oh, look, a white guy. Oh, I'm full of bitterness and pain. What I'm getting at is this. The Democrats are not in disarray. What's happened in the last year is that women have organized like they've never organized before. Women make 85% of the calls that uh, get stuff done in this country. And I'm begging all the men out there, begging you to fucking pick up the phone. Fivecalls.org or house.gov or senate.gov. Call your representative and say you want gun control. Call your representative and say you want uh, abortion free and on demand. Call your representative and say you want the DACA program saved. Say you want the CHIP program saved. Whatever it's going to be. You want Puerto Rico saved. Um, They're making a huge mistake, and I mentioned it yesterday on the show, because upwards of half a million Puerto Ricans are going to move to the United States in the next year, and they will be voters. And if you think they're going to vote Republican, wow. (laughs) Uh, uh, Trans people uh, won a bunch of elections last night. There's a million and a half trans people in this country, uh, and uh, it's just fantastic. Tyler Titus in Pennsylvania, Andrea Jenkins, we'll get to her more later, in Minneapolis, Danica Raymond, Virginia. She was the most famous one that won last night because her opponent actually went out of his way to not 
be nice to Danica and uh, had a, a bathroom bill, the whole enchilada, you know. I'm normal. I'm a straight guy. Straight guys are normal. We watch porn all day. We expect women to have sex with us anyway. We're normal. We order people around. Honey, go get me some coffee. Nice ass. <laughs> I'm normal. I own a gun and think that babies shouldn't be killed by women. Yeah, normal. Lisa Middleton in Palm Springs. By the way, Palm Springs, I'll get to that too. Betsy Driver was an intersex candidate and she won the New Jersey Council seat. Andrea Jenkins in Minnesota is on the Minneapolis City Council. Um, the first openly transgender woman of color elected to public office in the United States. The nation's transgender rep. Yeah. You know, ordinary people. The nation's transgender community, after a year of tremendous opposition from state legislatures and the president, is rejoicing over the election of Andrea Jenkins, who gender, this is from The Advocate, who gender advocates say has made history. Uh, Jenkins has been elected to the Minneapolis City Council, the second openly transgender candidate to win a race Tuesday night. Democrat Danica Rim is supposed to be the first openly transgender. Um, the woman that Danica, uh, the man that Danica Rim beat was a 13-term Virginia incumbent who called himself the state's chief homophobe. Yeah, someone went, wow. You got to have some kind of fucking shit going on to call yourself the chief homophobe. Danica Rame of Virginia House of Delegates. Riemann seated anti-LGBTQ delegate Bob Marshall in her electoral victory will make her the first out trans public official in the nation's only out transgender state representative. Jerry Cannon in New Hampshire on the Summersworth School Board. And by the way, if you notice the kind of things they're winning here, um, the Virginia House of Delegates, the Summersworth School Board, that's where it starts, you guys. It's how the Tea Party took over, it's how everyone takes over, and it's how you're taking over right now. This is the most exciting thing I've ever read because all politics are local. To see this many women, to see this many people of color, to see this many trans people um, win these elections says that the midterms are going to be fucking wild. Really, really wild. Even with the gerrymandering... Even with the voter suppression, uh, I don't, they, we have numbers. We have numbers. There aren't that many chief homophobes and their little tribe that runs around. We outnumber them. We really do. More like two to one than anything else. Uh, and just always remember that when you start to bum out and you go, oh, fuck, I'm going to drink more because he's president. I do too. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Middleton, Palm Springs City Council. Uh, she's the first openly transgender person elected to a non-judicial office in the state of California. Stephen Kuntz in Georgia. He won a spot. Uh, Steph Kuntz, excuse me, won a spot in her hometown city council, becoming her first openly transgender. Tyler Titus in PA on the Erie School Board. Uh, and let's see here. For. Trans youth across the country, Danica Rim's election isn't just a headline or even history. Human rights uh, campaigner, National Press Secretary Sarah McBride toured the Times. It's hope, hope for a better tomorrow. Palm Springs, by the way, is going to have a city council composed entirely, 100%, of gay and trans people. If you've ever been to Palm Springs, it's a couple of hours outside of L.A., and it's gay, gay, gay. It was before. I mean, they have the Dinosaur Golf Classic there, which is like, boom, right? <laughs> Everyone was always like, and it was always gay, but it's gayer than it ever has been gay. It used to be a lot of old rich people, and that's gone. And I really can't uh, tell you how fun Palm Springs is. Because it's a warm, comfortable gay atmosphere. 
1992, this is a little trans history. Althea Garrison, a black woman, became the first transgender person ever elected to a state legislature in the United States with a rise to the Massachusetts House of Representatives. The, to our knowledge, the first openly transgender person to hold office of any kind in the nation was Joanne Marie Conte, uh, who served on the Arvada, Colorado City Council from 91 to 95. Before Garrison began her sole term, she drew national attention for answering no when a disreputable reporter for the Herald, the Boston Herald, asked if she was ever a man. The Herald's transphobic outing of Garrison stands as a prominent reminder of the knee-jerk hate toward trans people that is now only gradually abating in electoral politics. By the way, Althea Garrison is still alive and ran for Boston City Council this year. Yeah. A former Virginian news anchor... Uh, and a journalist's girlfriend was fatally shot during a live broadcast in 2015, defeated a Republican incumbent for a seat in the House of Delegates in Virginia. Chris Hurst beat Joseph Yost Tuesday in a high-profile race. He was living with his girlfriend, Allison Parker, when she and a cameraman were killed by a former core worker. You may remember that. It was live. Um, in Seattle, Jenny Durkin is the first lesbian mayor of Seattle and the first woman mayor of Seattle since the 1920s. And in your little sister state of uh, Utah, uh, the other lesbian mayor in this country is Jackie Biskupski. And she's the mayor of Salt Lake City. And that's very exciting. Oh, yeah. As you know, Oregon has a very sexy bisexual governor. Governor Brown, no relation. Um, Montana uh, elected a Liberian refugee, which just blew my fucking mind. Jennifer gave me this one. One of the more poignant uh, notes came in the deeply red state of Montana, where Wilmot Collins, a black refugee from Liberia, was elected mayor of the state's capital of Helena, uh, which I couldn't believe at all. The state, state capitals tend to be a little more liberal than other places in the states. If you've ever been to, you know, um, I don't know, Wisconsin, for instance. <laughs> Madison is quite liberal, and then you get outside of Madison, and people are, have this vendetta against waterfowl. <laughs> but Montana is a state you can drive across and see more American flags and more depressed fucking diners. And oh my. Um, Collins ran as a progressive, and the local victory represented a stinging rebuke. I love journalism. A stinging rebuke. How many times have you been out with someone and you'll say something stupid and someone will turn to you and go, that was really stupid, and you'll be like, that was a stinging rebuke. <laughs> to uh, 45's hateful anti-immigrant and anti-refugee message of fear that he's been desperately trying to fan. Collins unseated a 16-year incumbent who became the first black mayor in Montana history. By the way, a year ago, uh, 45 won that county, the home of Helena, and swept the state by 21 points against Hillary Clinton. First African-American woman mayor of Charlotte, North Carolina, casting herself as a unifier after two years of tumult, Democrat Vi Lyles, what a great name, uh, easily defeated Republican Kenny Smith on Tuesday to become Charlotte's first African-American female mayor. Um, yeah. You can read about her in the Charlotte Observer. Uh, the first Latina and first Asian-American women in the Virginia State Legislature. Um, Justin Fairfax is Virginia's second-ever African-American um, uh, uh, lieutenant governor. And Sheila Oliver is the first woman of color, uh, color elected, all in Virginia. Virginia went wild. You can look at the graphics from Virginia. And everybody that's a state delegate, there's a, a row of 12 white guys, and they're all women beneath them that won last night. It's fantastic. Um, Hoboken, New Jersey. City Councilman Ravi Bala emerged victorious in the six-person mayoral race, becoming the first Sikh mayor of Hoboken. Yeah. 
an Indian American born in New Jersey. He serves on the city council. He claimed the victory uh, at Morin's Pub, of course. It's New Jersey. Where else would you have a victory? Uh, let's see here. Democrat Ashley Bennett in New Jersey. A New Jersey politician shared a meme on Facebook during the January Women's March asking whether the protest would be over in time for them to cook dinner. Yeah. His name is John Carmen, and he also put up a Confederate flag on his website. Well, uh, Ms. Bennett beat him Tuesday as he tried to win a second term. This one was wild out of Philadelphia. Larry Krasner was elected the Philadelphia DA, capping a once improbable campaign to be the city's top prosecutor. And despite three decades as a lawyer, he was assailed from the start of his campaign as unsuitable. As an attorney best known for taking on civil rights cases and suing the Philly Police Department, it was for some of the same reasons he drew support from activists demanding criminal justice reform from an office they deemed unfair. And he returned to those themes Tuesday night. So Larry Kramer is the DA of Philly, and he's a crusading uh, district attorney. It's, this is what he said. If you, if you, like us, believe it's time to end the death penalty, mass incarceration, and cash bail... Uh, uh, he said, drawing cheers from the crowd. Uh, within minutes of NBC News calling Virginia's gubernatorial election for Ralph Northam, who beat Ed Gillespie on Tuesday night, um, Ed Gillespie ran on a completely racist platform. And uh, when you look at the map of Virginia, it's all red except for the little teeny blue areas. Um, the gerrymandering in this country is extraordinary. And that needs to be dealt with real fucking hard, as does the voter suppression. They used paper ballots in Virginia um, because paper ballots can be counted. When you get to those weird touchscreen things and you touch it and it's like the crappy uh, ATM in a, in a fucking convenience store that's in the middle of nowhere that doesn't quite work and you put your card in and there's just a spinning icon forever. Um, those are all rigged. Uh, and they're also owned by really awful companies. So uh, I, I think paper ballots are the way to go. I'm like Reese Witherspoon in the movie Election. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Elizabeth Guzman and Haya Alaya are the Latinas elected to the House in um, uh, Virginia. Um, Democrat Lee Carter, a red-haired 30-year-old um, Marine veteran from Manassas, won a nine-point victory to oust Delegate Jason Miller, a deep-pocketed Republican. The reason why I'm reading you this is... He ran as a socialist, not a Democrat. His, his anthem was solidarity forever, and he got no support from the state Democratic Party, and uh, he won a seat, uh, and which, and the, which I think is, yeah, yeah. You talk about moving laughter. Yeah, Bernie, yeah. Bernie, I'm sure, will yell and shake some dandruff at him, and congratulations. And then go, Wall Street! Yes, we understand. Uh, African-Americans were elected for the mayor in the first time in Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, Jonathan McCuller um, in Georgetown, South Carolina. Brendan Barber in Milledgeville, Georgia. Mary Parham Copel in, in Helena, Montana. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've got them backwards here. Wilmot Collins in Helena, Montana. Um, Mary Parham Copeland in Midgeville, uh, Milledgeville, Georgia. Brendan Barber in Georgetown, South Carolina. Uh, and let's see here. And we had Vi Lyles. Now... This is from The Root. Uh, that's a black website. You're allowed to read it. You can go to it anytime you like. <laughs> you don't have to listen to the radio you listen to, and you don't have to go to the websites you go to. You don't have to go to fucking Perez Hilton. You can go to The Root. <laughs> you can go to Very Smart Brothers. You can read about what black people are thinking about. You can go to uh, Blavity.com and read about what black people are thinking. If you notice a change in the climate at the polls, specifically in the atmospheric pressure due to the moisture in the air, it might be because of the meteorological phenomenon known to research scientists as blubberus caucasianus. <laughs> More commonly referred to as white tears. 
lost in the hullabaloo surrounding Democratic victories around the country on Election Day, Tuesday is the fact that Republicans are throwing tantrums because thousands of former felons were allowed to vote for the first time. Yeah. And if you don't think it's an issue, Business Insider estimates 6.1 million people were unable to vote in the 2016 general election because they had previously been convicted of a felony. Twelve states, I'm not going to read them all, restrict voting rights even after a person has completed a prison sentence and is no longer on probation. The issue affects blacks more than any other group. Nationally, African Americans are four times more likely to lose their voting rights. 2.2 million black people, or one out of every 13, are barred from voting compared to one out of every 56 non-black Americans. Um, Giving, restoring people who've done their times right, voting rights is an enormous uh, issue in this country, and one that, yeah. Um... The governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, uh, exercised the power and granted the restoration of voting rights. And you heard the hoofaloo and skulala coming from the White House because there's a voter commission in this country because uh, Orange 25 insists that a millions of people voted illegally and that we, he would have won the election by an even larger margin if those illegal people hadn't been allowed to vote. Those people do not exist. There is no illegal voting in the country. There, like two cases... I mean, and one of them was a Republican, by the way. Uh, let's see here. We read that one. That's so awesome. Uh, boo, boo, boo. Dems could control of the state Senate in Washington. Uh, Menke uh, Dingra ran on a platform of reproductive rights and gun control in one King County. She was inspired to run because of barbecue potato chip 45's election. Uh, let's see here. Jennifer Wright uh, writes for Bazaar and is a, a very funny lady. It became clear that you can be the most qualified. This is what I'm, I'm excerpting from her column she wrote today in Bazaar. It's about the last year and what women have felt, uh, which I can only dream of. Uh, uh, but being married to a woman, I get to hear about it. <laughs> it became clear that you can be the most qualified woman and still lose to the least qualified man. That was what was clear from the last presidential election. And you may think a lot of things were clear in your mind. If you're a Jill Stein voter, right on. I'm sure your rescue dog Cobain has a... <laughs> has a nanny over tonight and I'm sure your hybrid is fine no one's keyed it if you were a Gary Johnson voter I don't know what the fuck's wrong with your brain wow libertarians don't even know what they are usually they're big beardy ginger dudes I don't dig it boo A woman who was inconceivably qualified to be president ran against a man who said the most vile, horrible, awful, uninformed things. And then we saw the election stripped from her, even though she won by three million votes. And because of gerrymandering, jury rigging, uh, jerry rigging, uh, uh, voter suppression, uh, the lack of the Voting Rights Act being enforced anymore because it was rescinded by the Supreme Court two years ago, um, the fact that governors like Scott Walker and Greg Abbott uh, uh, exist on earth, uh, the fact that North Carolina didn't let anyone in college vote, the fact that everyone who committed a felony ever in about 12 different states never got to vote, the fact that um, Wisconsin had let basically no black people vote in the presidential election um, led to her losing, which meant that he cheated. Um, he projects always. Uh, she He's Crooked Hillary. He's Crazy Bernie. Elizabeth Warren is Pocahontas. How racist is it? And this is, by the way, he signed an edict at the top of the month. This is Native American Pride Month in the United States. And he tweeted that Elizabeth Warren was Pocahontas three days ago. I mean, yeah, and the crowd is all quiet. Greg, we already know this. We were hoping for humor. 
That's why I mean like he's like your neighbor. Uh, anyway, Jennifer Wright said this. This was like a spell being broken. All across the land, women woke up and realized we were never going to get where we wanted to go by playing by the rules. Even if you walked the tightrope of acceptable feminine behavior perfectly, even if you managed to sidestep every trap laid for women, you'd never get to the top. The bar for men was so low, they could slither right over it. And I think something inside of us broke. Some dam within so many women that kept them quiet. They kept their anger tucked away. Pet up at all times, women smile politely when we feel like screaming. That dam burst. And every furious moment we tried not to think about came flooding forth. We were awake and we were righteously angry. 2017 felt like a year when women all across America transformed into the fiercest possible version of her former self. Women who never thought of protesting before flooded the streets, three million strong, and for the Women's March in January. When Elizabeth Warren was chided for persisting in talking once Mitch McConnell tried to silence her, she persisted, became a battle cry. Once women started talking, no longer worried as we might have been of seeming shrill, it seemed like we couldn't stop. In April, a study found that female activists made up 86% of anti-Trump calls to Congress. That's why I'm begging some of the fellows in this room, one, to shut up talking in the back of the fucking room when I'm talking about women. Yeah, I can hear you. And two, pick up a goddamn phone and do something with your limp dick, fucking small curve, small fucking bald life. No woman owes you letting her inside your body, in case you think they do. They don't owe you that at all. And your dick is the worst part of you. (laughs) Samantha B. said it on TV a couple of weeks ago. Empirically, the dick is the worst part of you. Unless your dick is some sort of shining fucking ivory tower, which it isn't. It might even be two or three different colors, which is gross. No one has, you don't have a right to do anything like that. In the past few weeks, women have started speaking out en masse about a harassment in Hollywood in the tech world and the media world, and remarkably, the world is responding. Dozens of men who harassed and intimidated women are resigning. Every week, another powerful old man seems to topple off his pedestal like those old Confederate statues. I think of all those young male Trump voters who claim they wanted a revolution. They got one. It's coming from women. Uh, yeah, and then Lindy West was in the New York Times today. Uh, Lindy West is quite a good writer. Uh, I had breakfast with Lindy West uh, two years ago in, uh, in uh, Wales. Uh, she happened to be in the breakfast room with her, uh, uh, with her partner, I think, and uh, uh, Jennifer and I were down there eating. We were, they gave you Welsh rarebit at breakfast. I don't know if you've ever had Welsh rarebit. Welsh rarebit is like bread slathered in a beer batter with cheese all over it. And when you're hungover, it's like eating a banana slug. It's pretty fucking rich, I'll tell you that much. It was like eating a basketball covered with butter. I was just like... You know, you want a pot of coffee and you want to go in the corner and die, right? You want, you want your eyes to stop hurting. That's what you really want. And then they're like, I can't do a Welsh accent. Well, what would you have for breakfast? Would you like the eggs and sausage or would you like the, uh, the Welsh rabbit? So I'm like, I'll have the Welsh rabbit, please. And then it came and I was like, oh, God. Because you have to wade through Welsh rarebit. You can't just eat it. You have to put on waders and like cross it. You have to ford it. But Lindy West was there. So she was really nice and I got to meet her. Um, And she's quite a good writer. Uh, Can I have another drink when you... Thank you. Oh, the checks are coming out already. Hmm. Be sure to tip heavily. Uh, Don't embarrass yourself. Uh, Make make a show of it. Uh, I don't want to hear any change clanking on those fucking trays. This is the Greg Proop show. I want fucking dead presidents and secretaries of state. 
sliding gently in their greenback hood or riding it in your, when you ride it in your little thing and you've, you've had you given them your credit card and whatnot, um, 20 to 25% is the area that I would tip in were I you. Uh, more if you're feeling frisky. And then I would give a couple bucks to the uh, 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 clinic upstairs. You don't have to buy my book. I'd rather you tipped and gave the fucking clinic money. That way actual women get it right away. Uh, and like that, yeah. Uh, I like when people leave like 50 cents and shit. Uh, I'm always like, are you aware that nothing costs 50 cents anymore? Uh, Lindy West wrote this. Like every other feminist with a public platform, I'm perpetually, ca- perpetually cast as a disapproving scold. But what's the alternative? To approve? I do not approve. Whoa. Uh, not only are women expected to weather sexual violence, intimate partner violence, workplace discrimination, institutional subordination, the expectation of free domestic labor, the blame for our own victimization, and all the subtler invisible cuts that undermine us daily, we're not even allowed to be angry about it. Close your eyes and think of America. We're expected to keep quiet about the men who prey on us as though their predation was our choice, not theirs. We're expected to sit quietly as men debate whether or not the state should be allowed to forcibly use our bodies as incubators. We're expected not to complain as we're diminished, degraded, and discredited. Every way, uh, uh, we're expected to agree and we comply with the paternal admonition that it's irresponsible and hyper-emotional to request one female president after 241 years of male ones. Because that would be tokenism, anti-democratic and dangerous. As though generations of white male politicians haven't proven themselves utterly disinterested in caring for the needs of communities to which they do not belong. Thank you, my darling. Cheers. 241 years of men presidents. And people said to me, well, I'd vote for a woman, but not that one. <laughs> wow, that was a well thought out position. Or, well, we you know, it's not time for a woman yet. <laughs> but Gary Johnson, Bernie Sanders, and Orange 45 were taken seriously, even though they have no more qualifications than this fucking cardboard cat. Mark Halperin, to return to him. No, it was Chuck Todd, uh, after one of the debates, that said, Hillary seemed a little too prepared. What's a girl got to do to get some fucking love? Uh, As though competent women are so thin on the ground that even a concerted, sincere, large-scale search for one would be a long shot and any resulting candidate a compromise. Meanwhile, as a reminder of the bar for male competence, Donald Trump is president. Tuesday, voters, some angry, some hopeful, some despite themselves, went to the polls and told a different story. The first openly trans woman elected in Virginia, a surge of female Democratic candidates across the nation, many of them victorious. Uh, I, I think it's a, a giant turning point. Um, yeah, there was Bill Cosby, and yeah, there's Harvey Weinstein and all that, but we can all smell it in the air. Um, th- women don't have to be quiet. Women aren't shrill for speaking their mind. Women aren't um, uh, transgressive for being as intelligent as men. Women aren't... Fuck yeah. Women are... Have... I once uh, wrote an article about uh, a humor for, uh, I think it was like British L or something. And my point was, in the, in the article I wrote, and this is 20 years ago because I'm so fucking enlightened. Um, <laughs> men are allowed to destroy any situation with humor if they want to. Men are allowed to undercut anything by making a fucking joke about it. And women don't do that because women culturally and sociologically in this country aren't really allowed to do that. And they aren't in the Western world and Chaz. And I think that we've reached a point where now no one gives a shit anymore. 
Um, really, when guys yell at you on the street and, and uh, objectify you, you have every right to turn around and go, you know what? I'm bu- Here, let me put it this way. If you want there to be gun control in this country, I want every woman in this room and every person of color in the sound of my voice to show up tomorrow morning in a gun store and buy as many guns as you can and let the gun shop owner know that you're not that happy anymore. Make that noted. Just let them know that. Like, I'll have an AR-15. I want a couple of semi-automatics. I want two bump stocks. I want 7,000 rounds. I want some concussion grenades. And you know what? I'm not really happy with my husband. And I don't like my neighbor that much either. And for all the people of color that are listening to me, I want you to go, yeah, I'm buying some guns. It's just about protection in my neighborhood. There's a lot of white people driving around in these two-toned cars. We'll have gun control in 30 seconds. You better believe me. 60-something percent of the guns in this country are owned by men and white men. I mean, it's, it's a white male privilege issue. That's what we're talking about. The reason why we allow 90 people a day to get shot in this country is because white men want it to be that way. There's not another reason. There's not a logical reason. There's not a, 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 you know, a, 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 something that makes sense. There's, there's, not, there's no... It's not embedded in our uh, 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 national consciousness. It's not... I've got the Constitution right here. And I've read the Second Amendment so many times that I could just puke. But I'm going to read the first sentence of it. Amendment 2, 1791, right to bear arms. A well-regulated militia. Well-regulated. That doesn't mean bump stocks sold to some fucking pervert who goes to a hotel room and loads the place up with weapons over the course of three days. And because he's a white guy, no one at the hotel said a goddamn word about him doing that or stockpiling it. Or what happened here in Colorado Springs when that fucking sociopath went uh, to the Planned Parenthood clinic and shot the place up because he'd been watching fake news and had completely indoctrinated by propaganda and, and, and falsities. What happens is women get demonized and men are fearful. White men are fearful of everyone who's different than them because white men are ordinary people. And everyone else who speaks Tagalog or Spanish or or has black skin is a threat to their sovereignty and, moreover, a threat to their right to oppress everyone in their fucking circle. The women in their circle, the other uh, uh, anyone who's not them in their circle, um, that they get to go to the front of the line and everything, that they don't have to work as hard to get what they want, that they get a fair wage and no one else does. No one else does. Only white men get a fair wage in this country. And you know that I'm not making this up. This is all facts and shit. I'm not a fucking Fox News reporter who gets up and goes, you know... Guns are... We, we've had so many... Mike Pence gave a prayer today in Texas. And, and it, uh, what was it the other day? You know, we're going to thoughts and prayers because people of faith... Fuck you. Fuck your shitty faith. If you're a Christian and the best you can do in the face of uh, a bunch of children being shot in a church is pray. You know, Jesus was a little more proactive. <laughs> Now's the time. The time is now. All these jokers understand, and by these jokers, I mean Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, and the people who are running the fucking Senate, uh, uh, is uh, uh, phone calls. Incessant, eternal letters, emails, faxes, phone calls, petitions, noise in the street. Every woman in this room, I want you to run for office. But I don't know anything. I never took a law degree. I don't even read that well. <laughs> Look who's running the fucking show. Do you think... 
Do you think Paul Ryan is smarter than you? Do you think Trump is smarter than you? Do you think Mitch McConnell knows anything more than you know? Fuck no. They're a swirling vortex where intelligence gets sucked into. When they walk by a library, books get angry and burst into flames. They're a thunderclap of stupid. They're a tsunami of stupid. They're a thrill ride of stupid. They're six flags over fucking stupid. They're the Pike's Peak of stupid. They're the nadir of stupid. They are narrow. They don't have any breadth of knowledge. They don't have any scope to anything they think about. They are playing to the goddamn billionaire 0.001% grandstand. That's what's going on. And you can break that fucking open. When you see this many transgender people, women of color, people of color, a Sikh mayor of Hoboken, that ought to lift your fucking spirits to the sky. Um, they don't have a stranglehold on everything. Liberty isn't just this fucking thing that white people who look like Mike Pence, whose ass is kind of unconcertingly, disconcerting, I said unconcertingly. It's a new word I just coined. Mike Pence below the equator is shameful. He's got that FM DJ, you know, white guy. Hi, how are you? I trammeled all your rights, but I'm going to look you straight in the eye while I say that Jesus wanted those children to die. I'm trying to get through to you in any way I can. Right now, of course, without humor, but soon with jokes. When a church gets shot up and it's full of kids and five-year-olds take five rounds, when do we stop it? Now is when we stop it. And we don't listen to anymore. But Chicago, we don't listen to anymore. Freedom. We have freedom. We have loads of freedom. Everyone who has a gun has freedom. They're free to own a gun. It's not stopping. No one's going to be free not to own a gun at any point. That's never going to stop. But um, assault rifles and shit sold in abundance, bump stocks and whatnot, um, that needs to all be curtailed. There needs to be serious, serious background checks. And you need to go through as much vetting as you would if you were going to buy a fucking car and drive it around or operate a phone or grow crops or any of the thousand things that are monitored more than gun sales are in this country. Uh, And it has to happen right now. I know this is Colorado and a lot of you own guns. That's why I'm saying it. There are such a thing as people who own guns who don't go around and shoot everyone. They have their guns for whatever reason. But there are a bunch of people who are white men who buy a bunch of guns and shoot their family up and shoot their wives up. It happens every single day. It doesn't happen sometimes. It happens every single day. And that is a scandal. And it has to fucking stop. But other laws don't... They'll break the law anywhere. They'll find another way to kill someone. Boo, boo. Your argument's shitty. It's shitty and it's stupid and it's poorly thought out. It's like being against gay people. That's not a position. That's homophobia. Um, If you tell me, well, you could kill someone with a knife, do you really think the guy in Vegas could have thrown 500 knives in 20 seconds? It's stupid. It's stupid and it's insulting to my intelligence. And it's insulting to your intelligence. Um, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's the entirety of the Second Amendment. But you'll notice that the first part is a well-regulated militia. It didn't say, willy-nilly, anyone gets to buy assault weapons. There were no assault weapons in 1791. 
If you were a good marksman in 1791, with your musket, you might be able to get off three or four rounds in a minute's time. And that is if you were a great marksman. Because you had to pour gunpowder down the breech, then patch a ball, shove the ball down with a ramrod, and then pull back your lock, and then take aim with it, and then fire. You've all seen The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Loading and shooting a gun in those days was a laborious process, and it wasn't automatic in any way. You got one shot off, and then you were forced to fight with your bayonet if the other side got too close to you. Of course, we were Americans, and we hid in the bushes, and we didn't wear regular uniforms, and we used terrorist tactics. Mmm, how about that? While the British Army marched down the street, or rather sent their fucking German mercenaries down the street, the Hessians, in their fucking bright red lobster coats, we hid in the trees and wearing our little fucking funny hats and shit, and tearing off our little powder pouches and putting them in our thing, and then... Right? Right? Remember how proud we were that we eventually let slaves fight for us and then Francis Scott Key wrote about how he hated the slave brigade from the national anthem. By the way, the state of California is going to try to get um, uh, the national anthem to be changed. Uh, the state of, I've been bitching about it for years. Yeah, that fucking Francis Scott Key thing with the hireling and the slave and all that, boo. Uh, that's exactly, and that Jennifer wrote me today. She sent me that item, and then I was like, finally, and she wrote, now you can finally have the Aretha Franklin song as the national anthem. If you don't know what my platform is, it's that when we go to a sporting event or whatever, whenever people sing the goddamn stupid anthem, because patriotism is the next to, it's the stupidest emotion you could possibly possess. Um, uh, when, when, when we ha- were forced to sing the anthem, instead of uh, having to sing uh, uh, The Land of the Thing and the Thing and the Brave and the Home and the Brave, that one, the Leslie Nielsen song, and the brand of the Freem and the Freem of the Thing, that song that's horrible, uh, we vote on which Aretha Franklin song is the anthem for that day. And then we play that song, right? So be like, think, think about what you're trying to do to me. Oh, think, think, right? Freedom, freedom, right? So any, any old Aretha Franklin song, I'm going to rap on your door, tap on your, right? Um, something that's fun and good for all of us that makes us feel good. The national anthem doesn't make anyone feel good unless their dick is so small that the sight of black people kneeling makes them turn their TV off. I mean like brine shrimp small. Like disappointing rural Pennsylvania voter small. The moment I wake up before I put on my... Uh, The Paradise Papers came out this week. I'm not going to go into it. I want you to read The Guardian. Go to The Guardian. The Guardian is a British newspaper which occasionally contains facts. And... They've done a very good job uh, uh, going through the Paradise Papers and breaking it down. Um, millions of pounds from the Queen's private estate have been invested in the Cayman Islands. How about that? The Queen, who was forced to pay taxes finally a few years ago. Um, uh, offshore dealings by Donald Trump's cabinet members, advisors, and donors, including substantial payments from a firm co-owned by Vladimir Putin's son-in-law to the shipping group of U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, who lied about how much money he had. Um, Wilbur Ross is the Commerce Secretary. He also is deeply involved with the Bank of Cyprus. Um, I know this is all technical shit, but as the months progress and Robert Mueller and his team of super friends keep uh, uh, the indictments flowing, you'll find that all of these people, as Benjamin Franklin once said, if we do not hang together, we shall most assuredly all hang separately. 
And uh, I believe you're going to see some hot, exciting legal action as the months go on. But more important than the hot legal action, which is going to happen whether you do anything or not, um, I'm urging everyone to go to Run For Something or Emily's List, particularly the women in the room. Uh, and, and, and please, um, school boards, college boards, boards of equalization, uh, city councils, uh, mayor, governor, state senator, state representative, uh, congressperson. Um, Pat Schroeder's from the state, goddammit. She ran for president. And she was awesome. And they, they vilified and castigated Pat Schroeder. And, and she wept. And then there was like, see, she fucking cried. Um, uh, Orange 45 has said that he's never cried. He doesn't cry. One, which means he's not a human. And, right, he's this horrible orange cyborg controlled with, you know, Putin's got a little joystick or whatever. And he's like, Little rocket man, Pocahontas. Uh, and he's also never changed any of his children's diapers, which makes him way less of a man, in my opinion. Boo. Uh, let's see. So if you want to read about that, you can go to The Guardian. Twitter and Facebook received hundreds of millions of dollars in investments that can be traced back to Russian state financial institutions. Oh, it's fucking shocking. And you'll have the time of your life. Open up a bottle of wine. It's the morning. You know, get up in the morning. Open up a bottle of wine. Bong. That gong symbolizes that it's time to start the show. Uh, a previously unknown $450 million offshore trust. Yeah. Um, Twitter and Facebook have a lot to fucking answer for, in my opinion. And quite frankly, should be curtailed and fined. If I was the head of Twitter, if I was... Jack... Um, I would be scared right now because if Congress was anything like they should be, um, he should be fined and perhaps some of the people on the Twitter board, perhaps even, oh, I don't know, put in jail. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg as well. Um, What they've done is dangerous and let um, the Russians completely invade our social media by selling them those things. And now the information that I'm giving you that they received hundreds of millions of dollars in investments that can be traced to Russian state financial institutions. Is there no oversight? Meanwhile, if you go on Twitter or Facebook or their own subsidiaries, Instagram and WhatsApp and shit like that, um, you'll find a million Nazis running around and a million men trolling women all the time who are allowed to do that fucking freely. I read anti-Semitic shit every day and Nazi flags and all, you know every kind of crappy meme and stuff like that. And then someone will put some shit on my timeline. Well, you're a fuck. And that's the stupidest idea of all time. You think women are, women are baby killers. And then you'll see they've got two followers and an American flag. And you're like, you're a fucking robot. You're a fucking Russian robot. And I'm blocking you right fucking now. But if Twitter had their house in order, they wouldn't allow that shit to exist at all. They would just quell it immediately. But they're too fucking greedy and so is Facebook for that Russian money. They really, really, really wanted it. As you know, Facebook was paid in rubles. And if you watch the testimony with Al Franken, Al Franken went, you were paid, I can't do his voice, you were paid in rubles. (laughs) And the Facebook guy was like, (laughs) meanwhile, by the way, Jack and Mark Zuckerberg never showed up for those Senate hearings. They sent underlings. But you'll see them on the cover of magazines because they're always available for a photo shoot. If you think that tech guys are benign because you like your phone, I've gone through this a million times with you, but I'm going through it again. Tech guys are as benign as the owners of banks and insurance companies. Profit and growth, 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 profit and growth. Those are their motivations. How many women are on the board of Twitter? How many black people? How many Mexicans are at Facebook? 
No, I'm just asking you, because I already know the fucking answer, because I'm a rhetorical genius. <laughs> a couple of people are swelling in the stars. This one was a weird, weird one and a surprise. I know there's not that many baseball fans here tonight, uh, because, uh, because, you know, you guys are Rockies fans, but the point is... <laughs> hey, you finished ahead of us. I read the Giants... I'm holding a condom in my hand. I read the Giants' outlook for next year. The San Francisco Giants, my beloved team. Who, what, by the way, oh, what's that dazzling glow? Must be the three rings. Um, the, uh, yeah, we lost 100 games this year. I read our outlook. Yeah, 98. Hold the line. Um, we had the worst season since 1985. And uh, uh, I read the outlook for next year. And the sports writer wrote, um, uh, uh, what was it? Weaknesses, all of them. <laughs> Positives, L-O-L. We were listed last in the entire major leagues. So, uh, Roy Halladay uh, was in a terrible plane accident. Roy Halladay pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays and the Philadelphia Phillies and won two Cy Young Awards and won 200 games in the big leagues and was known as Doc uh, because of his name, Doc Halladay. And... My favorite moment, of course, was not one of his victories. In 2010, um, he threw a no-hitter against the Cincinnati Reds in the first round of the playoffs. A no-hitter. So I looked at his line tonight, because I was on baseballreference.com. Do you don't want to know what I do? And his winning percentage in that one is 1,000 with a zero ERA, nine innings pitch, no earned runs, right? It's a zero, 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 right? Fantastic. And then... He started against the Giants twice in the playoffs in 2010, and we beat his ass. And he was impossible to fucking beat that year. Um, so uh, Roy Holiday is uh, swirling in the heavens. He won't go in the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but I just wanted to be remembered that he was a, a fantastic competitor and a, a very stylish uh, pitcher as well and had a world of stuff. And no one deserves to die when they're 40, except for some people. What does Betty Davis say in All About Eve? Everyone has feelings, except for some people. <laughs> it is my last wish to be buried sitting up. <laughs> the best line in movie history, she's really drunk and she's at the piano, and her boyfriend comes over and sits down next to her and goes, um, some of the guests are wondering when they might view the body. <laughs> and she goes... After it has been properly embalmed. <laughs> it is my last wish to be buried sitting up. <laughs> I'm going to rub this condom a little more. <laughs> Keith Wilder uh, was in it. Here, play the, play the uh, uh, intro to... Uh, um, groove line there, John, at the end. Uh, Keith Wilder was in a group called Heat Wave. Um, he was in the armed forces, and uh, he was serving overseas. His brother and him put a little funk band together, and they wrote the song Always and Forever. In their band was Rod Temperton, who eventually wrote Off the Wall, Thriller, uh, Give Me the Night, and a million other funk classics. Um, here, turn that shit up. Um, he passed away this week, Mr. Wilder, and he's swirling in the heavens, and they were funky most. Uh, if you've never heard of Heat Wave before, you probably have. I'm sure a lot of people's prom was called Always and Forever. Um, 
they're irrevocable and uh, they're as funky as can humanly be. Uh, and I just want to say that he's swimming in the heavens and is a great American. Um, you have been the smartest crowd in the world. I have been the smartest man in the world. Thank you very much for coming out tonight. Every page of Trimble is actually great. And you have to buy bonds to make sure they're bare bonds. I wish you nothing but love. Turn that shit up, John. No, 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 no.